0: Real fast. I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays. And I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture, Todd, Why Should They Listen?,
1: Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't (laughs) have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show. It's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical... Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my <laughs> good vibes.
0: Um, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me.
1: It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts.
0: Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we heard the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing a wavy pencil dance again.
2: Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend.
0: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Alice and Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in my studio with my guest, whom I am very excited to introduce in a moment, and my producer, Tony Thaxton. Hello, Tony. Hello. How is it going?
1: It's going great. Big day today. Bed, Bath & Beyond, Target. Oh, what a day.
0: What are you shopping for? Christmas. At Bed, Bath & Beyond and Target? Well,
1: no, actually, that was the... <laughs> Because Flo, re- Flo wanted some candles that were on sale. <laughs> Did you get them? She got them. Are
0: they amazing candles? Are they scented uh, they candles?
1: Are. They are. And they're Christmassy scented. I don't really? remember what they were. You know, I'm not a big smell guy. We've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But now I feel like you're really coming into your own because a lot of people don't have a great sense of smell right now with COVID. Mm. I don't mean to start the show on a like bummer <laughs> note. I know that that is really a bummer. Yeah.
1: My bum not COVID related. Just no, I know. I, yeah.
0: But how it's- would you know?
1: Because it was like that before COVID,
0: but it could be more like that now.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, sure. Does that does that make you happy?
0: <laughs> Do you know that I now call her because you're tone zone mm-hmm. and she's flow zone.
1: Yeah, I remember because it, it came out as an accident at first. Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: But I even put it in the show title. I know. I and you, it. you did. How did, did she? How did she feel about it?
1: Oh, she's never been more excited.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I love.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I love how much. She loves everything.
1: She is actually very positive.
0: I love her positivity or I love that you present her as positive no matter.
1: Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And she's she's excited. Me and her. Very excited about the guest today.
0: Uh, Let's get to the guest. Okay. (laughs) All right, everyone. There has been a clamoring for more wrestlers on the show as many people know, I did not think to myself one day I will become the premier wrestling reporter, number <laughs> one wrestling podcast in the nation. But that seems to be my fate, and I am welcoming it with open arms, with peace signs that mean <laughs> friendship, and just there's nothing sexual about you, your mind might be in the gutter <laughs> when you see my fingers doing this. And if you're listening to this, you're like, what could her fingers be doing? Is she making a circle with one hand and is she penetrating it with the other? Because I said that you might be thinking it's like something lewd. YouTube.com slash allisonrosen Rosen to see what I'm doing with my fingers. Um, it's not anything obscene, you guys. It just means friendship. Uh, anyway, my guest today he is a pro wrestler. He's an actor. He's a commercial actor. He's also very funny on YouTube with his boyfriend. Uh, they have a channel called Michael and Anthony. You should go subscribe right now. Tons of subscribers. Uh, he's also one half of the acclaimed, uh, extremely popular tag team partnership. Uh, They're currently the a- AEW Tag Team World Champions. Please put your hands together for Anthony Bowens.
2: Hey, everyone. What- <laughs> Introduction. That made me so happy. You get the ring announcer to do it. That <laughs> yeah, that was that was really nice.
0: Thank you. You might not know this, although you probably do, because it's my understanding is it's been written up in the wrestling trades. Uh, lately, my introductions have really not been very good. Oh. I've been podcasting now for forty five years. And um, my introductions were fine for years and years. And then I don't know what happened. Like in the last eight months or something, it's like I just lost the ability to well, do introductions. To, it's turned around today.
2: It's a big, big turnaround because that was perfect. Thank you.
0: Thank you. First of all, Anthony or Bowens, what should we be calling you? I mean, whatever
2: makes you feel comfortable. Everyone refers to me as Bowens, or but depending on who it is. Bo and Uncle Bobo, Bo, Bo-nose. Uh, I think you should go with Uncle Bobo. Uncle
0: Bobo! <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be Uncle Bobo. <laughs> um, Uncle Bobo. <laughs> it really rolls yes. off the tongue. Uncle Bobo. Um, so for me, I have been doing this for so long, but then recently I've lost the ability to do introductions except for today. Have you experienced anything like that where, like, all of a sudden something that you had been doing for a long time just, like, suddenly felt brand new and you couldn't do it? Never. Never ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Bobo.
2: (laughs) I don't know. That's something I have to think about. Um, I really don't do much other than wrestle and lift weights Mm -hmm. and uh, watch whatever uh, my boyfriend Michael has on the the Apple TV. (laughs) So there's nothing really to forget.
0: Uh, I know that on Michael and Anthony. And by the way, Michael and Anthony were. Was any part of you like let's call the channel Anthony and Michael?
2: There was a quick uh, brainstorming session of what flowed a lot better, and mm. Anthony and Michael was kind of like, eh. Yeah. So we went with Michael and Anthony. Just flows yeah. a lot better.
0: It's interesting. It's like the Burton and Ernie Ernie and
2: Bert. Yes, it just Bert and Ernie sounds better, right? To me, at yeah. least,
0: same. And I, and I wonder if it's like the consonant name has to come before the vowel name.
2: I don't know. You'd be <laughs> look it up.
0: <laughs> Get on that please. Yes. Um so anyway, you guys do some parodies of reality shows. Yes. Uh Are you into the Bravo shows at all? Because I saw some Bravo celebrities yesterday.
2: Name some shows. Vanderpump Rules. No.
0: Okay, those are the people I saw yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you grew up in Nutley, New Jersey. Yes. I enjoy that name immensely. I don't know much about Nutley. It's very small though, right?
2: There's only two Nutleys in the world. Nutley, New Jersey and Nutley in the United Kingdom.
0: Okay. Is there a rivalry?
2: I don't is, know, but I'll fight them if for our town <laughs> honor if that's what you want. For the Nutley Raiders, I'll defend. Them.
0: I do want that. I do want. Is it clear? Am I giving off the vibe that that's what I want? Because I do want that.
2: Okay. Yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> the vibe I got?
0: That's. I'm glad that you're picking up when I'm laying down. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. And I know that you uh, played baseball in college, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what was the experience like going from being. Um, and I hope I'm not. Uh, insulting my new demographic of wrestlers. Um, what was the uh, what was it like going from being like a a legit athlete to now sports entertainer?
2: Um, well, I'm gonna stop you there.
0: Okay, please, please <laughs> do,
2: because we are legit wrestling. Uh, especially these days, you can't get away with not being an athlete anymore. There's sort of exceptions to the rule, but like if you don't have any coordination, <laughs> you're not you're not going to have any success in, in the wrestling business in terms of being like looked at as a a really good professional wrestler. Um, but in terms of making the switch, I think pro wrestling is has been a lot harder than baseball for me. I mean, they say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a ninety something mile an hour fastball. It's very hard. I've done it multiple times. I played at the highest collegiate level you can at Seton Hall, and very, very hard stuff. They tr- they worked us to the bone. I-, I learned how my my I learned my work ethic from being a baseball player at a Division One school. Um, but then when I got to wrestling, the conditioning and the pounding that your body takes is ten times worse than anything I've ever done. That was like really bad in baseball training wise or on the field. Um. Like when I first started training, I had bruises all over my back from hitting the ropes. I had my head, I had a headache every single day because you're you know you're falling, learning to fall properly so you don't injure yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the drills that you do that have to build up your your strength and conditioning because the cardio for wrestling is a lot different than any other sport. Most sports you're just doing straight running or you know running, stopping, maybe doing some agility stuff. Wrestling, it's all of that, but then you're getting the wind knocked out even from getting slammed. Then you have to get back up and pick up uh, 200 pounds and manipulate that body weight. And then you have to run and then you're stopping and then you're getting hit. And then there's so many different variables to it. So it's very hard to... um, It's very hard. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, as What I was going to say, it's hard to train because it, there's so many different dynamics to it. hmm
0: Okay. So uh, when I had... Your friend and mine, RJ City on. RJ. I said to him, uh, host of AEW's Hey EW. Yes. Popular interview show, which you guys have been on. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to him, have you always been athletic? And he was like, Oh, you don't have to be athletic to be a wrestler. So I, I'm just bringing this up to point out that I was right.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. I mean, you don't have to be athletic to be a good wrestler. There we go. Okay. I mean to be a wrestler in general, but you have to be, in my opinion, to be a very good right. wrestler.
0: I mean, I think he was trying to point out the history of wrestling as having been at one point like a sideshow kind of thing. Like, there's sure. all these sort of, um, and I, I feel uncomfortable using this word, but like, f- you know, f- freak freaks that had it was been more in wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that there had been that history of it, but because in my mind, wrestling is very athletic.
2: Well, that's why I say it's evolved, because like pro wrestling back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you can be a very large, um, overweight gentleman and you wouldn't have to really do much. It was just kind of like, I'm going to slam you and then people would go crazy now and t- wrestling in 2022, if you don't give them some sort of uh, technical wrestling or fast paced or or crazy flips or some hardcore action where people getting bashed and head with chairs or going through tables um if you don't give them that kind of level of entertainment they're just it's no good yeah so like that old time wrestling people would watch these days and just change the channel so you can get away with again there's always exceptions to the rule but back then you can get away with being anybody and being a pro wrestler now it's kind of if you don't have if you don't have the 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 motor in you to to put on something that's fast-paced and entertaining it's gonna be very hard you Mm -hmm. have to rely on maybe of like a maybe on a very strong character to kind of hide the fact that you can't do the wrestling. yeah. So it's, it's a different vibe now. And I just learned, which is
0: weird given that I am the premier wrestling reporter, but I just <laughs> learned how painful it is. Not personally, but I just was found out how painful it actually is. Because I think I had it in my mind that, oh, getting slammed onto the mat, given that the mat has some give, that must not hurt that much. Because otherwise, why would people keep having it done to them? but no it actually hurts a lot right
2: well we're psychotic and put ourselves through it so it's our own fault but yes it hurts <laughs> it really hurts um it does there is some give to it but that doesn't uh, doesn't really deter anything when you have somebody slamming you with such force like the the, the mat is like uh, maybe an inch of padding and then mm. it's wood and then it's a steel frame so there's not really much there to and i've been in rings like on the independent circuit uh where like I saw them putting the ring together and it was just like these weird carpet pieces and like a stop sign. That's This isn't going to be a fun night. So I've been in some pretty, pretty crappy rings where they were just makeshift and you just have to deal with it or be um, good enough to where you can go throughout an entire match without, you know, falling.
0: Where was the stop sign?
2: this was in some random place in uh in pennsylvania i can't remember it was like way way out in the the sticks but the stop sign was um it it was underneath the the canvas so it was like a couple rugs to Uh i guess provide the cushion uh, over the top of the of the wood and then there there was a missing gap where i guess they didn't have enough carpet (laughs) so they found a stop sign and they put the stop sign there which you know just leave the wood at that point. Yeah.
0: You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like, like, Tony, it sounds like really bad, like, sound baffling for a studio or something.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. People just like, well, this should work, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of that.
0: So absorb some kind of yeah. sound. We just touched feet under the table. <laughs> you didn't see it. Like, it was whoa, pretty awesome. special. It was very special to me. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> Completely lost my train of thought.
2: <laughs> what a moment.
0: I know. That I a felt first? it. Yes. <laughs> I think it might have been. Whew. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. So uh, you guys are very, the acclaimed, mm-hmm. very famous for your entrances where you and your partner, Max Caster, come out. He raps.
2: You scream. <laughs> yes. Loudly
0: couple questions sure how do you protect your voice one two does he ever get mad is he ever like i'm doing the heavy lifting you're just screaming (laughs) because i know that like my husband and i goes back and forth who is um holding resentment over like i'm doing more than you who's keeping track you
2: know So I think the beauty of The Acclaimed is we are 50-50 in everything. So like sometimes uh, in in match scenarios, if I'm hurt, banged up, he'll do a lot of the heavy lifting in the match and then vice versa. Uh, So we kind of pick each other up on those things. On The Entrance, I would have to say that um, although he does the rapping, which takes more uh, memorization, The screaming that I do and the headaches and sore throats that I get (laughs) should be equal to the amount of work that he's putting into the entrance, because uh, especially when we have shows back to back and I realize I have to scream every single night, uh, it tends to hurt.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that brings me to the first question, which is how do you not blow out your voice all the time?
2: Uh, I just scream and hope for the best.
0: (laughs) So it's like calloused at this point?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A calloused vocal cords. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Um. Yeah, I probably should maybe do some warm ups beforehand, but then I don't know. I just I'm too lazy. <laughs> we'll just does, scream until it gives out.
1: Does it give you like a charge almost? Because especially when you do the the acclaimed have arrived part, everybody yells that with you. So I assume that's got to like oh, give you that extra boost you need. I would assume.
2: Yes, yeah, so I was just uh, I was watching back one of the pr- uh, promo segments that we had. And, um, it was actually national scissoring day where we had like a whole <laughs> October 5th. You <laughs> <We> watched <it. laughs>
0: I've Tony sent me the clip and I yeah. encountered it on my own as well. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was a
2: very successful <laughs> national scissoring day. Yeah. Um, but that night, um, Max and I look back uh, a lot because they were there for everything yeah. and it's a really powerful feeling to scream, um, everyone loves the acclaimed, and you feel everyone screaming it with you. Like I just got goosebumps. <laughs> it's it's so cool. The acclaimed have arrived too. Uh, scissor me, daddy ass. Like it's now that I'm thinking about. It, we have so many catchphrases, <laughs> <clears throat> which is cool because like we, Max and I always look to the people of the past, the uh, like who have been very very successful. You know, the Stone Cold Steve Austin's and the Rocks, like the people who have seen us that made the most money in this business. And you look at a lot of the stuff that they do; it's always memorable catchphrases you know because stone cold said so give me a hell yeah and that's the bottom line the rock if you smell what the rock is cooking finally the rock has come back uh it doesn't matter what your name is like, you can rattle all these catchphrases off and um and then when we look at our body of work it's like oh you can do the same thing you listen uh, the acclaimed have arrived scissor me daddy ass um everyone loves the acclaimed that's right like it's really cool. That, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right is one of your catchphrases.
2: So we're working on that one right now <laughs> where I will say a line because Stone Cold had uh, the what. They'd, they'd, uh, yeah. You'd say a line, the crowd goes, what? We want the crowd now to go. That's right. So I'll say something, a line, like a list. We're going grocery shopping. That's right. To get some watermelon. <laughs> that's right. To get some peas. That's right. And then get the crowd to do that. So. Mm-hmm. um we're going to keep adding things as we go along just to see, <laughs> see if we can do it, how many we can get over.
0: Yeah. How can you tell whether it's going to catch on or not?
2: You know, you just got to you got to th- like the the acclaimed have arrived thing uh, took a little bit, especially because when I first started doing it, it was in the pandemic and we didn't. Those were all empty arena shows. So I have to generate all this energy and scream. Um, I won't watch any of that footage because it's probably terribly awkward and really bad. Because the difference between screaming it in front of an arena full of people and that scenario is just completely different. So it's probably very cringy. <laughs> but it takes, you know, it takes time. You got to say it over and over again. And if you see signs like th- that's where the "Scissor Me, Daddy Ass" thing came from. Really, um, I was in the wheelchair at the time, and um, for those who are new listening, we were in this <laughs> faction um with these two other dudes called the gun club their father who used to go by the name Mr. Ass Billy Gun <laughs> I branded him Daddy Ass eventually but the the sons go by the name Ass Boys or at least that's how we made fun of them it was kind of like a big brother little was brother that, dynamic did, who coined that was that you guys or was that Danhausen <laughs> Danhausen that? had <laughs> been calling the gun club Ass Boys online and to since our dynamic uh was like kind of like a little brother big brother thing where we liked each other kind of um but we would always poke fun at them so i would after max's rap i would then get the crowd to say let me hear you say ass boys and they would say ass boys (laughs) but i didn't have a close to it it would always just awkwardly end and um before one of the entrances before we're about to go live, I was sitting in the wheelchair and I was just giggling to myself. It was like, what if I screamed scissor me daddy ass? (laughs) (laughs) And it just, it made me laugh (laughs) and I didn't have time to go like run it. Like I wouldn't run it by anybody anyway. Um, Even though I probably should. Um, But I just went out there and we did the ass boys thing. And I screamed scissor me daddy ass at the top of my lungs in the wheelchair. And he did it. He gave me the scissor handshake. And I came back. Nobody said anything to me. (laughs) So I was like, okay. And then I went on Twitter and I saw it was trending. And then the next week there were signs for it. And I was like, we got to keep doing this every single week. So that became my close. And then it turned into this crazy thing that it turned into where – you know at first they didn't want to give us the shirt cuz they wouldn't clear it cuz you know it's putting scissor me daddy ass on a shirt's kind of like ooh for a, like a, a for time warner it's it's a yeah was it the pract practices and standards the uh tony yeah standards and practices standards and practices yeah. there we yeah. go it's um, like a burden or thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: Um, it's a hard thing to put on a t-shirt apparently, but I kept fighting for it because I knew it was, there was a growing want for it and a growing desire to, for me to keep yelling this and scissor this, you know, uh, wrestling legend every week. And then it came out and now the number one selling t-shirt of 2022, it's outsold everything, um, and we've ended up becoming some of the top merch sellers. <laughs>
0: just from, that's right.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just from that catchphrase. So um, what we're doing is working. It's enjoyable. It's fun. And people are connecting to it. And that's the best part to go out there and hear how excited um, everyone gets just to, to hear our music, hear Max rap, to see a scissor. Everyone wants the scissor in the <laughs> arena. They're, they're bringing custom um, scissors that um, it, it's cool when people make their own scissors yeah make their own
0: signs (laughs) yes i i think in the footage from october 5th national scissor day i saw just giant cardboard scissors i was like how does someone even know how to make that
2: yeah like there was a thing like because we keep we we have a lot more merch now now that there's like a lot of um uh, support behind us but like it got to the point like we almost don't want it we almost didn't want to put out certain things because we wanted people to continue to mm. be up the night before and get that <laughs> love and care into crafting the signs. Yeah. And pr- there's something more. There's a more a personal connection to that as opposed to like here, buy our stuff. Yeah. Here's this uh, the
0: DIY. Aspect. Yeah.
2: The DIY thing. Like, I made this for you. and We're acknowledging it. I think that's a cool connection to have with people.
0: I've heard you talk before about um, how, as you relate to Max, you are uh, tend to want to play it safe a little more, be a little more cautious and he's a little more risk taking. And, um, I'm wondering if you have any ideas about where that comes from, where your sort of default of feeling like you need to be more cautious, feeling like you need to play it safe comes from.
2: I am naturally more reserved as a person. I think people find it surprising that I'm in like social settings, very introverted, Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to what they see on television. They, they, they think that's a character, but it's not. Like I have so many different sides of me that make up Anthony Bowens. Like There's the introverted side. There's the crazy side, which you see on television, uh, masculine side, feminine side. Like I have all these different things that make me up, and I could just kind of access them when I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but naturally, I'm a little bit more shy, and I'm a little bit more reserved about the things that I do. Um, Caster is always kind of like full throttle. So uh, that's what I mean in that respect, where I think we re- – rubbed off on each other in a really good way where he kind of inadvertently shook me. He was like, wake up and let's start taking more risks. And on my end, like, Hey, (laughs) let's pull back just a tiny little bit. Um, And he's found this groove where he's so entertaining and he can push the buttons and walk the edge without going too far. And I think that makes it even more exciting because you never know uh, what he's going to say. So I think uh, Part of the reason why we do so well with each other is that chemistry and trusting each other and us allowing each other to kind of pull each other in the right direction, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how did you guys meet? Because you kn- knew him before AEW, right?
2: Yeah. So he trained in uh, Creative Pro New York, which is in Long Island. And I trained in Creative Pro New Jersey, which is in Rawway. It's also known as Pro. Um, so he, he, he trained out there. I did – The wrestling match for the, a little known fact, the wrestling match for the open house for, cause our, the New Jersey school opened first and then the New York school opened. So I did like the demonstration match for that with him watching, um, which was cool because it ended up being my tag partner. But he trained out there. I knew him from just that. Like I'd go out there from time to time if I wanted some extra ring time, but we weren't like friends or anything where we would sit and chat. It was just like, hey, how are you? And that was that. And I think we wrestled each other once in like a, big six-man match or something so i wasn't really too familiar with him i was aware of who he was and um at the time i was fielding an offer from from wwe and tony khan found out about it and then invited me to uh go down to jacksonville because at that point i still hadn't been sent a contract yet I had been i said yes to them and then a few weeks later they still haven't sent me anything um had you been in touch with them during that time uh, I think I sent the follow-up email and they hmm. – uh, uh, what do you call it? Said they were waiting on sending it out or something. Hmm. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. But there was this period where I didn't have yeah. anything. So I was like, I, you know, it wouldn't hurt to hear this guy out. So I went down there to uh, to Jacksonville. And the day of, I was getting into the elevator and there was Max Caster. And uh, he was like, hey, what are you doing here? I was like, hey, I'm here to see Tony. He goes, oh, I'm here to see Tony too. I'm like, okay, Cool. We went about our day and then I found out that we were there to see Tony together and uh, Tony brought us in and um, we were both like very, uh, uh, what do we call it, nervous because we didn't know anything about this or what we were going to do because we were both single stars. And um, Tony said he had this idea for us. He's always wanted to call a tag team the acclaimed. He thinks we would be perfect for it. Um, You know, would you like to give it a try? And we both were like, yeah, sure. Um, We didn't know what it was. We didn't know where to go with it. Um, We just knew that Max had been doing these like really funny music videos with his group called the Shook Crew um, and where he would rap and uh, he would rap on his opponents independent shows. So we knew we had that. And I was doing something called the five to a player, which is like a premier athlete of professional wrestling that does it all. And we had to figure out how those two uh, connected within like two hours because that's when our first match was. So we went out there and I always say this, the entrance again, I will never watch it again because it was brutal. We didn't have a theme song. So he had to do an acapella um, to an empty arena. And then I had no idea what I was doing. So I was just like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow, that guy
2: really does have it all. Yeah. What a great rap. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. Uh, So it was terrible, but the match was Fa- great we wrestled a tag team called Best Friends we came back through the curtain i saw tony give the thumbs up and then we had contracts in front of us the next day which was just easy to for me at least easy to sign cuz um you know i could tell how much tony w- wanted to put his faith into us with this idea and um i took that as a challenge and i had always wanted to be in AEW since they started because um as they became an alternative for WWE i liked that they were Uh, focusing on younger talent and they were trying to find new people and create them or turn them into stars. Um, The, the culture of the, the locker room when I went there as an extra was fantastic because, you know, we had other people in there like sunny kiss who's uh, gender fluid and Nyla Rose um, was the first trans woman to win a a national title. Um, It was just a really inclusive and welcoming fun locker room. So all kind of signs pointed that I should be there. Mm -hmm. And, um, we both signed, and two years, a little bit over two years now later, we're the tag team champions.
0: And was it
2: a problem with WWE at that point? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that was it. <laughs> I sent them an email. I appreciate your offer. I um, mean, uh, there was a lot also that went into it too, because um, having to, if I signed there, I would have had to have moved to Orlando, mm. which I really didn't want to do. And we just had a um, kind of like a family scare, which made me realized that I needed to be home longer. I didn't want to move down there with AEW. I had the freedom to stay home. I had the freedom to continue to do the YouTube and f- pursue uh, acting and other projects, which I'd had to forego all that if I had signed elsewhere. So, um, everything just pointed to, I needed to be at AEW. So I thanked them for their offer, but I had to, had to take this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when people talk to you about like what's it like being, you know, the first openly gay um AEW tag team champion, does that make you feel othered?
2: It makes me well, it makes me feel proud because, you know, there was a time where I didn't think I'd be able to ha- I said that in the promo. I didn't think I'd be able to have a moment like that ever because, you know, I would sit In my room in my car and just cry thinking if i came out you know my career's over fans would hate me wrestlers would hate me um a national tv company wouldn't take a chance on me so there was all these you know fear all this fear and anxiety that i look back on now and just wish like i didn't (laughs) like I, i tell myself to you know breathe it's gonna be okay but you know you don't know that in the time the fear of the unknown is terrible yeah um it riddles you with anxiety So to be able to be somebody that uh, people can watch on television and hopefully connect to and relate to, to give them that sense of hope that, you know, I made it through, they can make it through. You know, it's cliche, but that's the way it is. Like you want people to not feel the way that you do because it's really, really shitty. You know, I I know a lot of people can't relate to that experience of coming out, but what I always say is – Human emotion is the same. The situations are different. We may have completely different scenarios, but we both know what sadness is. We both know what happiness is. Um, if I can have connect with somebody on a human level <clears throat> who can relate to that same exact feeling, no matter what situation it is, you know, they're being bullied or, or, or um, you know their sexuality or their, something's happening with their family. If I can connect with them in that way and help provide them hope, it's a job well done. And then I get to do that while doing a job that I love it's like, the perfect combo.
0: Um, I know that you – I have 2010 as a date in my head as part of your story.
2: 2010,
0: was that when you started 20,
2: wrestling? 2010 is when I first came out to my best friend.
0: That, that, that must be what I have in my head. Because I know there was, like, a time between when – so that must – I think what i'm thinking is there was a time between when you came out to your friend and when you like came out publicly right
2: yes so i came out to my best friend greg in 2010 and then i kind of let the rest of my friend group know on a need-to-know basis type <clears> thing <throat> as like whenever i was ready or the scenario was um perfect actually <laughs> the one my buddy mike uh mike blasey we were playing. My friend Andrew has a really big house, and we were playing manhunt <laughs> because we're like, screw it, let's let's just what's manhunt? Essentially, it's almost like a supposed to be the grown up version of hide and seek, where you basically hide. So we, just, <laughs> we shut off all the, the lights of the house because we were bored, and we're like, all right, let's play manhunt. Um, and we hid, and I found this closet, and I when I went in there, my buddy. Michael was also sitting in the closet and no one can find us. We were sitting there for like 45 minutes. Um, even after the game was over, people were trying to find us. I just fuck with them. Um, and we were sitting there and then I was like, you know what? He, in my head, like this is, he's the last person I think I haven't told. So I came out of the closet inside of the closet. That's perfect. Um, Wait, what was your question? Uh, oh, I came out to yeah. all my friends. And then... Um, and had you already come out to your parents? No. So my parents came a little bit further along. My mom kind of called me out. Not called me out. That sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> questioned me about it. And then I came out to her. And then I told my dad after that. So it was just my friends and family that knew for um, a large period of time until I met my boyfriend, Michael, in 2016. Um, we dated secretly for a while, which I always say I feel bad about. but mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful that he put up with it but i I told him that it wouldn't be forever i just needed it needed to be the right time and um he had always wanted to do a youtube channel and he asked me if i wanted to do a video and i was like nope (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't think i'll be doing that um and then i saw how sad he got and i was like you know what you don't really have that many subscribers like who's gonna see this video anyway let's do it um we did it It was called the laughing challenge which is basically like pour a bunch of water in your mouth and then you put on a funny video and the person who, uh, loses is the first person to spit out the water from laughing. Did that video. Um, obviously nobody watched it, but then like a few <laughs> months later, uh, I got a text from one of my wrestling friends. They're like, dude, we saw the video Dot dot dot. And I was pretended like I didn't know what the hell he was talking about because my, like, my stomach dropped. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, pretended like i didn't know what he was saying and then he was like no like we all saw the video like we don't care we love you respect you um you're a buddy uh you're a great performer like all the stuff that like brought joy to my heart I was like oh okay mm-hmm. and then once i kind of realized that you know i had the uh support from the people that supported me in my wrestling career uh my family my friends this great relationship with michael and i was like, what what am i like what else do i really need i don't care if you know Joe down the street doesn't like me for something. You know, he can, you know, fuck off. Honestly, I can curse, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like the last nudge that I needed. I didn't mm-hmm. tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell. I didn't tell Michael. I didn't, I wanted the decision to be mine. I didn't want any outside influences telling me I shouldn't or should do something. Um, I wanted it to be my decision only. So then I, I think I wrote up a. It was a game night, a, a couple's game night um, that Michael and I were at. And I felt like that was the time for some reason. I don't know. It just hit me. I typed something up on uh, Facebook, hit send, hit the uh, relationship request thing, (laughs) because that's what everyone did back then. And I shut my phone off, threw it on the couch. And uh, like 45 minutes later, I told Michael to go pick up his phone. I was like, I think I heard your phone go off or something. I go, go pick it up. And he picked it up and he saw the relationship request and his whole face lit up. And I was like, oh my God. and then we, I turned on my phone and then we went through all the comments and stuff. It was a night, nice, it was a really, really nice time. That's a so nice moment, I should say. But that was part one of coming out. And then part two was I was approached by this website called Outsports. Um, I guess that I had heard about it at some point. I don't know how. And um, he, he asked if I wanted to write my story and I had never heard of Outsports I didn't know that they were, like, an affiliate of, like, the Huffington Post and all these other media outlets. So I was like, ah oh, screw it. I'll write it up. If somebody, you know, connects with it, just, you know, good. I helped one person. Wrote it up, sent it in, and then they, I woke up the, one of the next days and they had posted it and my phone was just melting because mm-hmm. it was right. everywhere. Like, it went viral. And that's kind of what changed my life.
0: At what age did you realize
2: that you were gay?
0: What do you identify as? Gay okay at one point you did identify as bisexual right
2: yes so uh i feel like a lot of people go through uh different uh, just like periods of their life of self-discovery right and at the time that's truly what i felt and as time went on i started reading these articles and be like bisexual pro wrestling anthony bones and it just didn't feel like i couldn't i connected with that Mm -hmm. anymore i mean i don't like labels as it is but if you're gonna if, if I'm a public figure and be labeling me things, I want it to be something that I feel like I, I truly identified with. Mm-hmm. And, um, a gay would be the, the term, I guess, if I have to identify as something. <clears throat> so that was, uh, I don't remember what year that was. What was the original question? Oh,
0: it, it was, it, it was at what age did you realize? Oh, whatever.
2: Um, so I started to notice, uh, in high school, I started to look at things differently and be like, oh, that girl's pretty. And then, oh, her boyfriend's kind of cute too. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I had a dream about one of my friends, I think it was. And that kind of was the first time I was like, huh. And then stuff like that would keep happening. And then I wasn't the most um, Mm self-confident person uh, in general. So my, I guess my high school love life was pretty non-existent um i wasn't like much of a a ladies man i was kind of like the the nice boy that everyone liked (laughs) nothing beyond that (laughs) right and even if it was i wouldn't have had the the confidence to even Mm -hmm. you know continue on so that was kind of non-existent and then i noticed that there was this other side of things that was starting to feel a lot stronger in -hmm. college and that's when i started exploring and it felt uh just felt comfortable and um and it kind of went from there but now that i like look back on things i started to see like little signs when i was younger mm-hmm. that kind of indicated that that i didn't realize until like now right
0: <laughs> i mean it sounds like tell me if i'm right it sounds like your coming out journey went pretty like it's from what i'm hearing most people you encountered acceptance is that right
2: yeah so i always say that i'm privileged and i recognize that that i've had Um, acceptance and support from the people that were around me. I live, I wouldn't say it's a liberal area, but it's, you know, tri-state New York city. It's a lot better than, you know, a lot, uh, a lot better than certain regions of the country. Um, so I can live a lot more openly. And also, um, most people think I'm a cis man, like they don't really know, unless right. I tell them. Mm-hmm. So that adds another layer of protection, I guess, quote unquote, where I can kind of navigate through where I have navigated through life without having to kind of like look over my shoulder. Um, so I, I, I understand that it wasn't easy what I went through, but I do have it a little bit easier than others. And that's mm-hmm. why it's also hard for me to give advice to everybody because, you know, I don't want to give a blanket vague kind of be yourself, go be happy. And right. then you go be yourself and be happy. And someone attacks you on the street yeah. because you live in, you know, I don't know, not to pick on Alabama, but like somewhere down in the, the, the South area where that's not the, the Bible. Best, Belt, The Bible. Right. Belt, Yeah. So like it becomes very hard to, it's a hard thing to navigate. Not to get super political,
0: but does it feel to you like we're moving backwards in a way?
2: Yeah. yeah yeah it's scary sometimes i try not to read into a lot of things because i know there's a you start going down the vortex of one thing and it'll lead to another and yeah. it makes things seem a lot worse than what they are but there are there's a lot of bad things going on they're trying to reverse yeah. a lot of the product, uh, pro, uh progress that we've been making so um you know the fight continues i suppose yeah it does
0: seem that way um On a lighter note, this holiday season, (laughs) I want to give a gift to my loved ones that makes them feel special and unique. Uh, just like the relationship I share with them. And that's why I'm giving everyone that I care about story worth. I've talked to you guys about story worth before. I love this. I gave it to my dad. It is a subscription service where they send your loved one, the person that you give the uh, gift to a question each week, a story prompt. There's a list of questions that are great. Uh, and you can go through and choose which ones you can add your own. Uh, and it will, uh, you know, prompt them to share a story, a memory. Uh, and then at the end of a year, they take all of these stories that your loved ones have loved one has shared and they put it into a beautiful hardbound book and it'll be a keepsake that you will have for years to come for the rest of your life. You can give it to your kids. Your family will have it long after you're here, not to get morose, but I'm just saying, uh, look, it's just, uh, it's, I have talked about it on the show and then people have gotten, gone out and they have gotten it for their loved ones. And then the feedback I get is that everyone loves this. I'm telling you, this is like the perfect gift and it's a unique gift too. With Storyworth, I am giving those I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com slash best friend and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash best friend to save $10 on your first purchase. I have another amazing gift idea for you as well. Please go out and get both of them. And this is Skylight Frame. This is a digital photo frame. It is a black photo frame with a white mat, comes in two different sizes Before they were even a sponsor on the show, my husband came to me and he said, I know what we're getting the grandmas this year. And I said, great, because I have no idea. Uh, And he said, the skylight frame, it's like a beautiful digital photo frame. we got that for them. They're not technologically savvy, uh, but it is like plug and play. You just plug it in. You can email photos to it. They have both plugged it in. They both have wonderful photos of our grandkids and our family. And then my mom betrayed the agreement we have, and now she has pictures of her dog and like stuff that she wants to put in. And I was like, that's not what I intended when I gave you this frame. It's pretty much just for the photos of my children. What are you doing, lady? But you know, whatever. So I'm not upset about it or anything. Um, look, it's got a vibrant touch screen display that lets you swipe through photos. You can even tap a heart to let the person who sent the photo know that you love it. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love it, which you will. They offer a full refund. As a special offer, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. When you go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. that's right. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code Allison. That's skylight, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code Allison. Okay. We have some questions for you that listeners have sent in. Some of them sent in on Patreon. Yes, I am on Patreon. Patreon. That's right. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. Uh, all sorts of different rewards. Uh, you can get bonus episodes of the Friend Zone. That is my Patreon bonus podcast all sorts of wonderful episodes. Uh, I could regale you with the names of the people that have been on that, but then we would be here all day. There's a little where you can text me and I'll text you back. You can get videos of the Thursday show. Uh, I do live streams, I, outtake photos, all sorts of stuff. Subscribe for a year. You get two months free. Uh, okay. And thank you. <laughs> when we ask, they send them in. they
2: wonder wondering how you have been so far so much for answering these questions from our fans. I love okay. the little jingles.
0: Thank you very <clears throat> much. Okay. Karen Quinn wants to know, does he have any pre-match rituals?
2: No. Surprisingly, no. Like a lot of wrestlers do. They get hyped up and stuff or they have like certain stretching routines. I'm kind of – I'll stretch for maybe a minute, do a couple That's push-ups, it. and then I go – I don't I don't drink anything. I don't listen mm-hmm. to anything. I mean, I drink water, but I don't have any like specific right. thing that I go to. I'm just kind of focused on what I'm doing. Are you like a superstitious
0: person at all?
2: No, other than I won't. It's kind of like a rule in wrestling uh, that I've my personal rule is don't say I never and I never want to do something or never want to wrestle something because ah. you'll end up <laughs> you'll doing jinx it. it. Within the next month or so. Yeah. It's happened every single time I've said it and I've I've learned my lesson. Oh. <laughs> won't, won't happen What's again.
0: like an example of something where you said that and then it happened? Um
2: uh, when I was on the independence, there was this group of scary I forgot the name of them, but they were like they were like a group of monsters and all very nice gentlemen, but they weren't the best and people would be very uh a banged up wrestling them. Oh. And the one guy had like a fireball that he threw at people that like it would explode in your face,
0: like actual pyrotechnic kind of thing.
2: It's like flash paper. Oh, okay, and then like. It ex- it- burns up in your face but you have to be really good at throwing it so you could <laughs> not wasn't. burn the guy and he wasn't Jeez. and i'm like i never ever want to wrestle with those people and then i came <laughs> to wrestling the following week and then he's like hey we got this idea you're gonna be wrestling blah 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 i was like no <laughs> you and funny story he tried to do the fireball but he couldn't light it And I took it as an opportunity. I smacked it out of his hand as quickly as I
1: could (laughs) (laughs) and got away with not having
2: to to have fire in my face. So that's that's my rule or superstition.
0: Uh, And then Karen also wants to know, what is his emollient of choice? Okay, so this is a callback (laughs) to our Thursday show um, that RJ City was on. And I had seen a YouTube match, an old match between it was on YouTube and it was between RJ and Colt Cabana. And I was like, how do they get their bodies so shiny? So I was like, "What is go- like? what do you guys use to make your bodies so shiny? So that's the question. I don't know if you make yourself super shiny, but if you do,
2: what do you use? I have a spray bottle of oh, water. That's it? Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't that like dry pretty fast though?
2: Yeah, but then you start sweating almost immediately because you're – at least me because I'm jumping and gyrating and screaming. So I get sweaty pretty quickly. Okay. So I don't really need that much. And plus – uh, a lot of guys put on like baby oil and or all these other things. And it's really gross when you're wrestling them because then you smell like it. And it's, and also you're it's really like slippery and, yeah,
0: yeah. and messy.
2: Yes. It's it's nasty.
0: Only someone who has been in the trenches reporting on wrestling would be able to say something that I just said like normal, that. Normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh, okay renegade soul wants to know how do you keep your cut fresh on tv every week
2: i have really good barbers i have one on the east coast uh his name is geo and then one on the west coast in encino who's uh i think he's a wizard with the with the what do you call it
0: clippers clippers and, uh, straight razor the,
2: straight razor there we go mm. so precise uh, i do hear that a lot I'll see different tweets or sometimes somebody will send me like Reddit post of just threads uh, uh complimenting my hairline. <laughs> and how good the barber is. So um, it's those two. that keep my hair.
0: How like how frequently do you get your
2: hair done? Every two weeks. Mm. Uh, mostly because I don't know if you notice like I have a darker, darker patch of hair on the back of my head.
0: No, I didn't really take my glasses off
2: to see that. Oh, kind of, yeah. So i uh, I was born with a uh, with birthmarks on my body, so I, I had to have them removed. So I have some scars on my legs, but there's a birthmark on the back of my head. So when I shave it down too much, it's just this really dark circle. So sometimes I'll leave it, and then and I'll get a ton of tweets afterwards, like "What what's <laughs> going on with Bowen's barber? <laughs> like what is he doing?" Um, and then there's other times where I just don't want to deal with it, so I cut it just so it's at a certain length and i make sure i I do it week or however many so Mm -hmm. weeks to make sure it stays at that length to avoid it but if anybody wants to know it's a it's a birthmark
0: so wait you had to have them removed from your legs was that a cosmetic thing or were they worried that it could become
2: like yeah they were worried that it could become something uh so they had to
0: take them off got it how old were you when that happened
2: Very young, one or two. Okay, so you don't have a memory of it. I do remember being on the operating table and then putting the mask on me. And then I remember, I don't know if it was afterwards or before, but they had to take me into some room and uh, give me a shot for something. And I just was not having it. So my dad went out and bought a Power Ranger toy. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) They got me. (laughs) They distracted me enough. But I I distinctly remember. I had to have been about three. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is weird because I don't remember anything yesterday. But I can, <laughs> I can remember stuff when I was three years old. Right. Do you consider that like an early trauma? Was it, was it traumatic? Maybe. I mean, they're not all bad memories. Like, I remember being so excited to see my dad. Uh, I guess it was after I was in the hospital room. And then he, he went for a little walk or something. And I got up. A, like I, all these specific things I can remember. But it wasn't traumatic. They were night nice. Anything really that has to do with uh, my parents are like the strongest link to i guess my earliest memories that's also why i like to collect toys and stuff because each toy has a specific memory Mm -hmm. attached to it so Mm -hmm. i like to when i pick it up then i immediately just go right back to being four or something and have my mom come home and here's this thomas the tank thing so it's like a nice little connect to my family do you have a favorite toy or a favorite uh type of toy that you like to collect um i mean i collect a lot of power ranger stuff but usually anything that i can again attach a memory to so i'm trying to find this micro machines van that i remember my mom trying to hide from me that she bought on my fifth birthday um i'm trying to find that thomas the tank set that she brought home i found most of them except for that one uh but my favorite toy i think is um it's this um jack's superstar series five rocky my the rock um I used to pretend that figure was me because it was the related, I mean, it was the closest to skin tone I could find. Uh-huh. And it kind of looked like me with the hairline and stuff. So I used to pretend that was me and I have that in my office. Um, but then we just found out a month ago or two months ago that uh, I'll be getting my first action figure oh, next Oh, cool. Year. So awesome. I get to put that next to the one I used to pretend was me.
0: Oh, that's, that's cool. so cool. Um, okay. RJ Ryan wants to know, do you eat breakfast? No. Okay uh okay so this is like a flow chart it's like one does he <laughs> eat breakfast if yes what does he eat if no why is he against breakfast
2: i am not against breakfast but i seem to like breakfast foods more at night mm. when i'm relaxed so you don't wake up relaxed <laughs> <laughs> relax
0: oh okay <laughs> Got
2: um it. Uh, uh, uh but usually i like intermittent fasting i believe it's mm-hmm. called i don't like going to the gym on a full stomach i feel sluggish so i usually like to go on an empty stomach and then have my first meal after i lift.
0: do you drink coffee or anything
2: no so you so when you go to the gym you've only had water water i take a pre-workout sometimes just to get uh some energy but mm. other than that it's just water
0: and um are you regimented? Well, it sounds like you're fairly regimented about your eating then if you're doing an intro, No. No. I mean, we're talking about in regards to what I eat. In in regards to like when, like what time do you stop eating at night? Oh, I don't care. Okay. I so you just, you I stop am. eating
2: when you, when you go to bed, obviously, or
0: before you go to bed <laughs> <laughs> at some point. If I and- feel like I've <laughs> had
2: enough for the day, I'll cut uh-huh. myself off or just, you know, when I'm not hungry anymore. I don't really care about any of the times or anything like that, just, except for... When I wake up, I just want to make sure I have mm-hmm. nothing on my stomach for um for lifting. Right. And then eating wise, I just love eating Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, let's see. Okay. Kane Morikendi says, How many hockey fights did you witness as a child with your father? And do you think it influenced you to pursue a career in professional wrestling? Uh, and then I have a follow up question to this. What did your dad
2: do with hockey? So my father um is a hockey fight tape trading legend. Like he kind of started the whole ring of things Mm -hmm. back in the seventies. So he was obsessed with hockey fights since he was in high school for some reason. And he would like go and find the box scores and stuff. It just was his hobby. Um, And then VCRs came out and he started taping the games and creating like best of collections on the tapes of stuff. And then, uh, back also back then, like security wasn't the way it was today. So he would just dress up in a suit and he would walk into the Nash, like uh, Nassau Coliseum or like Madison Square Garden, all these arenas, and walk into the press box with a suit and he would uh, network and then he would meet the the media people who would give him past the credentials and then he would meet the the players and the coaches and he would he would build rapport with all these ho- NHL teams who would give them their tape library and allow him to edit off all the, the hockey fights that he wanted and give them back. And so eventually it became to the point where if they needed like scouting for like a goon, a goon is like a guy who goes out and like protects the star players to mm. fight. If they needed like the Rangers used him for scouting, they'd call him up and he had all the tapes and stuff. And then, so he became the known in the NHL with, with the players as uh, the godfather of hockey fights. And by the time I was born, he would take me to like the different arenas and stuff, and we'd pick up the tapes. And during hockey season, we'd have like fourteen satellite dishes on like however many so TVs, and I'd, every night they'd be rolling on every single game. And my job would be to go on the the like I think it was USA Today, and find all the 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 box scores of what like the times of where all the fights were, give it to him and so he could edit off and stuff like that. So (laughs) he he loved it and he doesn't really he doesn't um have new content anymore. He kind of goes back through his old stuff to like organize it. So he still loves it and still does it. Um but to answer that question, um I saw a lot of them. (laughs) 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 A lot of hockey fights.
0: And do you think it influenced your uh Decision to pursue a career in pressure. No,
2: professional I mean, it's wrestling. purely coincidental. I just loved wrestling for for wrestling. Maybe it made me like fighting or something, but I don't think it directly had any uh, relation.
0: Michael Cannick wants to know, Red Hawk Diner, Blanton Lunch Hall, or the Rat Pizzeria, what was your go-to spot in college, and how did you handle the diarrhea afterwards
2: Are these, <laughs> are these Seton Hall questions? Those are, um, those are Montclair State University, okay. so I transferred out of Seton Hall after my sophomore year. And I didn't really eat at any of them. I was a commuter. I would come on campus for baseball class, and then I would dip. But I don't think I really ate in, at the diner. I always heard the same exact thing, that your stomach would be <laughs> destroyed, and I, I just avoided it.
0: Uh, another food question. DJ MT Clip says, two-parter, is there any place for pineapple on pizza?
2: No. No. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> As a Italian man. <laughs> I forbid it. <laughs> okay.
0: And then why do sociopaths think it's okay?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> <guess> they're sociopaths. <laughs>
0: um RJ, the aforementioned RJ City wants to know what sexual innuendo gesture makes you uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: i'm a very uh uh open-minded person so i welcome any sexual gesture you want to throw at me comfortably (laughs) if i real quick on that note i was i because i
1: came to AEW a little bit after you were already there Mm -hmm. and did the did the the scissoring stuff literally start just because you're making the a with your did it kind of come from that or where how did that happen
2: so um this goes back to the Max was full throttle ahead with all the risks that he took. So I we would do the A uh, for the with the fingers for the Acclaim symbol. And again, we were trying to find anything to do that would be different. And we needed hand gestures. And then to rib me or uh, play a joke, he came up behind me and started chisering. <laughs> <laughs> and on camera, this is all like – that's the cool thing about the Acclaimed is like we don't have a performance center like where we can like – train and and work on things in the dark before it reaches TV. Everything we had to uh, try was on camera on a show. So you can go back on YouTube and watch in lineage, like every one of our matches until like leading up to now. Um, So you could see us adding things and subtracting things as, as we go hand gesture being one of them. So you see me like turn to him and like make one of these like faces like, like, Reserved to me going, oh, we're about to get fired. Castor going, haha, like I love, you know, just going for it. Uh, I think he did it again. They asked us to stop doing it because they didn't know how the network would feel about it. So if it was up to them, we would they would just let us do it. But obviously we, yeah, the, the network that we're on uh, makes all the rules. So they're kind of like, no, don't do that. And then for whatever reason, I guess we were just tired. Like we were trying to make noise for ourselves and we were just like, screw it. So we just started doing it again. And at one point I was laying on the mat and then I happened to look up and I saw the whole barricade. Everyone in the front row had their fingers out and they were yelling, Bowens, come here, Susan me!" <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're on to something. So then I, that's when I started like really – Like, we would just do it. And then after that, I would, you know, I'd throw the tongue in and shake my head (laughs) like I was motorboating and I would scream and I kind of just uh, uh, dive into it a lot more and take more risks like Castor Mm -hmm. would like me to do. Um, And then it just became a thing where people wanted to do it.
1: Yeah. I assumed something along those lines, but yeah, I wasn't wasn't totally (laughs) sure.
2: It was very (laughs) organic.
1: Yeah. And I just love, yeah, the, as you said earlier, the out of context. Having to explain to people that one of your big catchers scissor me, dad. Yes. <laughs> I love
2: having to try and attempt to explain that to people. It's fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you tried to explain? How do you explain it to your parents? Or have you?
2: I mean, they know. They, they, they're they pretty. My dad was a wrestling fan and, and they watch every single week. So they they saw the, the progression of it. Yeah. Um, and they love it.
0: By the way, I, I hope that didn't sound like judgment. I do not have no, judgment no, no. about it. I just meant like to try to. Ex- to try to trying to imagine explaining like what scissor me daddy ass means to someone who's like a lot older. <laughs> I'd just be banging my head against the wall. <laughs> um, okay. LKW artwork says what's his favorite date or hangout with Michael Pavano?
2: Oh, I love that question. Um, we haven't really got one in LA yet but there was a place in New Jersey called Van Gogh's which was a couple minutes from where he used to live in Union that's where we went on our first date and that was where we would go and kind of just sit and unwind and have a nice dinner or talk over plans that we want to do for YouTube and it was very very cool vibe cool art everywhere nice music uh good food and um that's where we first I think I we there's this table that they have and inside uh, each table was different. So, like, it was different chairs. It was a different kind of table. So, it made it kind of uh, unique. And this one specific table had two nice reclining chairs and a drawer that had notes in it. So, you can leave notes to other people. Oh. So, I. That's so cute. We played some sort of game, and I left a note for Michael um, <laughs> on, on the note, and I put it within the masses of the note. And he was like, What'd you write? I was like, Ah, oh, you'll never know. And then I've come to find out when we left, he went back the next day and he like scavenged through all of it to find the note. And he kept it and he gave it to me on uh, one of our anniversary, like a little poster that he made. Oh. Uh, so it would be Van Gogh's. How'd you guys meet? <laughs> um, so how do I make this a short story? Essentially, I would go on Tinder from time to time and uh, I would switch over to interest to guys every so often. I would swipe to see just like who was out there, and I would never swipe right because I didn't want to match with anybody. Because it, well, you were on there looking for women, ostensibly. Yeah, I w- like, even still, like I said, I wasn't that confident enough to even go through with anything, mm-hmm. so I was kind of kidding myself, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but I also just I wanted to see, you know, what was out there for the men as well, and um, I wouldn't match because I didn't want to match with anybody and have anybody know I wanted to make it look like it was a mistake. Um, but I would see sometimes if they had an Instagram attached and I, his profile came up and I was like, wow, this kid's very good looking. When um, I saw his Instagram, I gave him a casual follow like a couple of days later and then he posted another photo. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I slid into the DMS. We had a quick conversation and that was that nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Just, Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so then I'm sitting at work like maybe a month later or a few weeks later and I get a message from this guy. And what was work for you at that point? I was working at, um, major league baseball MLB network mm-hmm. as a, a logger editor type guy. Um, so I get the message from him on Facebook. I'm like, I don't know who this is. So I ignore it. And then I get <laughs> another one. So it's like, who is this guy? Like, uh, what's going on? and he goes hey uh, you're like you don't know me but i think you had a conversation with with uh my boyfriend michael. Oh. And i was like, oh, okay. Well, i didn't know that but to let you know, you know, he did nothing wrong. It was just a conversation blah blah blah. I will block I'll delete him and I'll delete you because I'm in the closet. I'm not trying to be in a love triangle with I don't know what's going on there.
0: You didn't say that though, right? That
2: was just internally. Uh, no, I said everything. I was- you said
0: cuz I'm in the closet.
2: Well, he assumed if I was yeah. talking to right. okay. Michael that I was yeah. I was gay or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not trying to be involved in any of this. Yes. You know, I'm very discreet about everything. You know, I'll delete you, I'll delete him. Did that, thank you, thanked me for understanding, whatever. Um and then a couple months later I get a friend request from Michael. And I'm like, ugh, this kid again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw his profile picture. I was like, he's really cute. I'll just accept <laughs> it. And then he gave me the breakdown of everything that he was in um the relationship he was in was very, very toxic. Um,
0: Really? Because it sounds so healthy from what you just told us. (laughs) Doesn't this sound great and romantic, Tony? Oh, yeah.
2: Very toxic. They were taking a break. He was kind of like seeing who was out there, um, curious. And again, did nothing wrong. So it didn't give me any like red flags. It said this kid was like going around like cheating on his boyfriend or anything like that. Um, But he explained the whole scenario, apologized for everything that happened. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, you know, if we ever want to hang out, we can hang out. And then we talked maybe on and off for... I don't know a couple months just very rarely but we always said at some point we got to hang out and then one night I was hanging with my friends they're all straight and they all had their girlfriends we were sitting around the fire pit and I was like this sucks <laughs> I was so alone <laughs> um and I'm was like, i gonna get out of here so I, I left and then I had remembered that I was had we'd been saying that we were gonna hang out for a while and I hit him up and it just so happened to be that it was his birthday at midnight so he told me to come down to like just I guess celebrate it with him and his friends. I went down, uh, hit it off immediately. We ended up talking to like six in the morning, and then a little over it's about six and a half years later, we're here.
0: That's so sweet. And we're
2: looking to buy a house. Oh <laughs>
0: my God, that is the sweetest story ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Um, and then also, and I do have more questions. This is a question from Allison Rosen. Sure, bring him. Um You were in a movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, the, your your answer was so cagey. I was I was just going to ask what the story with the mo- what the what the movie
2: was. Yes, I mean it's a movie called. Uh, I don't. Know, am I supposed to say? Cl- oh,
0: if you're not supposed to, then we don't have to talk about. it I only know from Instagram because um uh Danielle, well we can take out whatever you're, you're not supposed to say, Danielle. Well, this is on Instagram. Though. She, yeah, she Danielle official directed it. Right. And I've had, um, Jensen Karp has been a guest on my show, uh, multiple times. It's been a while now, but he has been on my show multiple times. So I saw that. And then I was going to ask you about that, but if you cannot disclose,
2: then we can move on. Well, I don't know. I, she's posted that she's, uh, um, filming a movie and she's posted the cast and stuff. But yes. yeah, it's, uh, I had that answer. Cause I always, always say, Oh, you're in a movie. I I have a couple lines in the movie. Like if mm-hmm. I was the lead, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm in a movie. okay." <laughs> uh, but I am a part of this movie, um, which I know will be distributed next year and um, directed by Danielle Topanga. Um, it was really fun. What and is the? I, uh, what is the movie though? It's called Classmates. Okay. I guess that's I didn't all I know. You. I didn't
0: say. know that you're not the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to see it now, <laughs> and I would advise everyone else not to. Just but kidding. Michael
2: just got a lead in a horror movie.
0: Oh, that's great!
2: Yeah. Very nice. proud of him
0: he is very good at celebrity impressions
2: yes and that was uh, the a result of the pandemic because we were doing uh lifestyle vlogs like just typical couples vlogs on youtube which were okay in the beginning and then people just i guess got bored of them because it's you know how much can you do (laughs) if you're not traveling um and we were trying to figure out how to grow the channel. And we were stuck indoors because of the pandemic. And we had just um, heard about the show called Love is Blind that everybody was, I guess, kind of making fun of, but enjoy secretly enjoying, I guess, because of uh, being forced to be home. And he's always been really good at impressions. And we've always... like. Two, three in the morning, we are downstairs, and we are relaxed and hungry. Um, <laughs> um, and we're just... Do you go. guys
0: meditate a lot? You seem so relaxed sometimes. You so, no sometimes meditation. your day, you're <laughs> so relaxed. I'm glad um, you're not tense.
2: No, no meditation. But we'd have these scenes, like, we would just go into, like, these characters and do improv with each other, and we would just die laughing. I'm like, why didn't we record that? Or why didn't we, like, create something out of this? And from that vein of thinking uh and him wanting to create different content like why don't we do a parody of love is blind and we did that and then right off the bat it like hit and we got like a million views on it like, Wow. Oh, okay so then we made another one and that got a half a million and we made a third one and then we're like this is everything that we wanted to do but we didn't really think to do it like doing a sketch comedy or like we love slapstick comedy like the the Naked Guns, the scary movie trilogy, uh, that kind of that kind of comedy. Um, so then we just started doing anything that he does an impress uh, impression of, like those girls, the ninety day fiance couples, Kardashians. Uh, Who else did he do? The Housewives. There's one video where he does the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think he's like seven of the women mm-hmm. and all at the table. Um, and then we started writing our own little skits. I wrote one called uh, the Mighty Morphin Karen Rangers, which <laughs> is um we're basically two Karens that <laughs> we're going about our day. And then our, our wristwatch goes off like the Power Rangers. But it, like it's like a, a scenario where it's like a little girl selling lemonade. We have to go ruin her day and we'd spring into action and become Karens. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And I think it's funny. Um, so there's a lot of different content and stuff that uh we do on Michael and Anthony
0: um you know someone wrote in with a question that was that i didn't select because it was so sad but now <laughs> now i will <laughs> what a terrible way to introduce a question um but i didn't star it so i don't have it right in front of me but I, it was the the because you've mentioned the power rangers and that you're a fan the guy who just passed
2: away oh yeah they Jason want, david frank
0: yeah they wanted to know how you felt about that being such a fan
2: i obviously i hate it it's terrible i hate whatever he was going through and then it had to result to that because Tommy is like the centerpiece of the Power Ranger franchise, in my opinion. Like when everybody thinks of Power Rangers, they think of Tommy, the Green Ranger, I think. Um, so it's really sad. I'm not familiar with the Power Rangers. Oof. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to have to have another podcast strictly on Power Rangers.
0: <laughs> Give me the thumb. I mean, I'm I've, obviously I've heard of it. Give me the thumbnail. See, I didn't know that he was like who you think of it when you think of Power Rangers. I honestly don't know this. Uh, yeah, Tony. They, Tony, Tony this—that's—that's no! more, more heart, right? Because you have <laughs> yeah. just met me, but like Tony, you felt like you probably felt like you knew him. So yeah, that's I like, saw him play betrayal. a bamboozle in
2: 2010. <gasps> <gasps> like,
0: Tony, yeah, try okay. Tony. Anthony's
2: seen me play, but <laughs> Allison's never.
1: <seen laughs>
0: him. I've never seen him play, but one <laughs> day I will.
2: to hold me down in my room. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, big fan of your music, by the way. I just wanna thank you. Know. That's so.
1: That was yeah. Just that was so cool cuz i went to the the AEW show in new york the night you guys won the titles and uh yeah i i posted a picture tagged him in it you know didn't think anything of it and then like a couple days later you responded saying that you loved motion city and
2: yeah i love loved, motion city
1: wasn't so expecting cool. that at all it was very it was very fun to get so thank you
2: no no problem i have like i have uh, what's called uh gold i have like, favorite albums then i have like golden al- albums which are which I describe as albums that I can listen to straight through without going, "Eh, I'll skip this and commit Uh this to memory is one of those. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's really nice.
0: So what I'm hearing is that it's not one of his favorite albums, though.
2: (laughs) Just kidding. Anything to tear him down.
0: <laughs> that is my oh, thing, you've, yes. you
2: caught on clearly.
0: <laughs> oh, you listen.
2: I have that same dynamic with, uh, with Dante Martin, where we will find anything to belittle each other. No matter how well we do, we won't give each other credit for anything.
0: Um, so, yeah, give us... People who don't know the Power Rangers, give us like just the thumbnail so we can pretend we know what's going on. Five
2: teenagers were chosen by this uh, being called Zordon Mm. to be five teenagers with attitude that will be given these power coins with the power of these prehistoric animals uh, that will morph them into these superheroes known as the Power Rangers. And they also can, with these power coins control what are called zords or these big machines that represent the animal so there was the triceratops the pterodactyl the saber-toothed tiger uh the mastodon um so they have to defend the world from evil space aliens the main uh, person being rita repulsa she mm. wants to destroy the world and take it over in each universe And she has her minions called Putties and her friends that go down to Earth and try and destroy everything. Zordon, being her ultimate enemy, defends the planet with the Power Rangers.
0: I'm in. (laughs) That sounds cool. Um,
2: And then the Zords come together to create a Megazord, which is this big robotic thing that's really badass and it beats up the evil space alien. Okay.
0: And And who did this guy play?
2: uh tommy was the green ranger tommy. so it started okay. off as five the red ranger green ranger yellow ranger blue and black and then uh rita repulsa to mm-hmm. counter the power rangers got a power ranger of her own the green evil green ranger oh so he's a heel he started off as a heel she had the secret power ancient power coin uh that held the power of the Dragon Dragonzord. So <laughs> I love this right now. <laughs> um, so she tried to destroy the Power Rangers with the Green Ranger, but the Power Rangers were able to overcome and overturn the curse and then retrieve the power coin back. So then Tommy, uh, Jason David Frank, would then become a good guy and join the force and defeat Rita Repulsive. He then also became the White Ranger, Oh, because his power coin got destroyed, I believe. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) just to break the fourth wall,
0: our uh, camera guy is nodding intensely. (laughs) You're a Power Ranger fan, too. I grew up in the 90s. Okay, like Jason was like the first main guy.
2: Yes. And then uh, the Green Ranger took over as Yes. And Jason's in some legal trouble, I believe. I think he was. Arrested for some uh, some sort of uh, maybe insurance fraud, I think. Mm. So, the, yeah, the Power Rangers aren't looking. To... <laughs> that's not <laughs> good.
0: Someone needs to do like an, a serious eight-part podcast about it. And uh, it's going to be you, Tony. It seems weird since you don't know anything about it. But yeah, some people but... say that that's how you, you know. That's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. You can bring a real like, uh, you can bring objectivity to it. Um I think it might be time to do just me or everyone. Sometimes I
2: something I have thought done. Is just me or everyone?
0: Thank you for enjoying the <laughs> jingles. Not everyone has such discerning taste. Uh, uh, I understand you have a just me or everyone.
2: Yes. Yeah, let's hear it. So, I'm not the big – I hate when people have like little petty things that they throw on me. Mm. So, I never like to throw it on them. But this particular one um, is probably one of the only ones that I get annoyed at other than Michael leaving garbage on the side of my car door. Um, <laughs> it is um, leaving the toilet seat up. Oh, I don't know why, but when I come in, I see the toilet seat up. I feel like I can smell everything that has been there during the day, <laughs> and it just freaks me out. Are you so, talking about the lid? And not the future.
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, the lid, like the leaving the lid up or leaving the act,
2: like the, the. I guess anything seat. up that that exposes the, the water, the water and the scent that is wafting yeah. up from there. So I have to immediately close it. I won't shame anybody for mm-hmm. it, but if I see it, I'll just close it.
0: That's such a polite way of handling it. <laughs> hmm. I personally don't have that, but, um, I feel like I should. I feel like it's more safe <laughs> because especially I feel like, and it was really during the pandemic that I started seeing this, that it's like, don't, you know, if you have, if you keep your toothbrush in the bathroom, which by the way, where else would you keep it? who's keeping their toothbrush not in the bathroom if you keep your toothbrush in the bathroom you should for sure
1: ever- is it a
2: thing people don't store it in the bathroom Well isn't it
1: the thing is like it's supposed to really be like actually a terrible place to because of the things that happen in the bathroom
0: it's yeah like not a good well place so to if keep it. I should finish the sen- sentence in that it'll make more sense what I'm saying okay they say if you keep your toothbrush in the bathroom you should definitely have the toilet toilet lid close when you flush the toilet because when you flush the toilet like particles or aerosols <laughs> or whatever like things are going into the air and if your toothbrush is in the bathroom like oh my god if you this is so, keep I mine like, in the
2: medicine cabinet in the bathroom
0: oh that's smart
2: mm-hmm. i feel and like and then give it a quick wash and i take it off really yeah
0: i feel like my medicine cabinet shelves are oh actually maybe maybe it could have come do you keep yours in the medicine cabinet too I do. yeah do you guys have like Sonic hairs or do you have electric toothbrushes? <laughs> no. Oh, just just a straight, straight up, up analog. Yeah. Okay, You mine's, too? Mine's electric. Should I get electric? And it electric? fits in there.
1: I don't know. I don't have good teeth. Don't look at me.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I like an electric, but I feel like, you know, if you if you if it's working for you,
2: I, yeah, I have no problem. Yeah. My dentist is happy with me, I suppose. You suppose? <laughs> I suppose. You, didn't, you don't sound very certain. Well, they said I, I grind my teeth when I sleep. Dude, I feel like they all say that. Really? Because they, they're trying to sell the
0: mouth guards on everybody? Yeah, I mean, or we all grind our teeth. It's also That's also it quite possible. Yeah.
2: Well, no, in a couple years when I don't have teeth. Or they're just are you half gonna, the size.
0: Are you going to go for the mouth guard?
2: No. How come? I won't allow them to win. Why? <laughs> because I don't need I feel like I don't need it.
0: That's what I... I've been maintaining that, too. I've been like, if I grind, ground my... Ground? Grinded? If... But I don't know. I, don't, I never catch myself grinding my teeth. And I'm like, because you're doing it in your sleep. Which is, by the way, I like 100% am. Because then as I was falling asleep, I noticed, oh, I really am doing this.
2: Hmm. Uh, maybe one day.
0: <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I'm waiting for. <laughs> I'm going to make them work for it.
2: Well, uh, yeah, yes. I don't. Yeah. I, I, just, I won't let them win. Yeah. They're annoying me now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, give up. It's been 10 years of trying to get me by this. Thing. I, I don't want it.
0: <laughs> I know. Tony. Is anyone trying to sell you a mouth guard?
2: No.
1: Really? I, I actually have not had that, no. Okay, how special.
0: Gra- that <laughs> must be, what, what's that like? Tony-
1: There's plenty of other problems there. But, you
0: know. Do you uh, have this thing with the toilet
1: seat? I wouldn't say that I, no, I don't have that thing. I try to be good about putting it down and remembering to put it down. And I'm always uh, paranoid that I walked out and then forgot. Actually, I think I did that when I got here today. Mm-hmm. I, I, after I walked out of the bathroom, I'm like, did I put the seat down? Oh, we'd be great roommates. (laughs) Just
0: on that alone. I have a question (laughs) for the men in the room, which is everyone. (laughs) Okay. Yesterday, we went to Disneyland. Unless you're my son's public school, in which case we didn't. (laughs) Um, In the morning, both my husband and my son went to the bathroom, as most people do, I think, when they first get up. And then all day long – okay, I went to the bathroom like, I don't know, five times or something because I've had two children and I am the age I am and I just have no uh, bladder control anymore. And it's just a thing to do, I guess. And I guess – I don't know. I just like – I just go to the bathroom often. So, just, what can I say? It's one of your passions. It's one of my pa- – I am living my passion, Tony. All
1: you
0: <laughs> and the pandemic really – you know what? It's really – it trained me in a negative way like it's, it's just a few feet away yeah. I can just you know anyway Elliot my son did not pee the entire day wow. and I kept saying to him like honey do you need to go to the potty do you need to go potty he kept saying no and I said it's gonna embarrass him but he's not gonna listen I said <laughs> I said did you go in your in your undies <laughs> which he never does and he said he went Ch- no which and he didn't uh-huh and then I found out Daniel my husband didn't go the entire day either. I was like that How frequent is this?
1: I I'm definitely not like that. Okay. I the only time that I have had that happen if I've gone to like an amusement park on like in the summertime and it's like crazy hot and like then you still won't go? No, I won't go there because like, I feel like you end up sweating a lot of-
0: Urine night. out? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what sweat is, but okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying.
1: No, well, that's what I've heard because I've, I've definitely noticed that on hot days. I'm like, I'm, I'm not having to pee.
0: Okay. Hmm. Do, can I you go an entire day without peeing?
2: No, but I don't pee frequently. Okay. Neither does my dad, but my mom does. We have to usually build in a good five to ten minute period before leaving to make sure that she can pee ten times before you. <laughs> <take notes. laughs> I did that, yeah. <laughs> so that's always included in the uh, the departure time, right? But no, I, I Depending, I guess, I, if I have a few drinks, maybe I'll pee a lot more often. But mm-hmm. usually, no, every so often, yeah. I can go a whole flight without getting up. Oh, jealous. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I need an aisle or at least
2: to the end, not to cut you. Off. Sorry.
0: no it's fine i mean i don't know if i need one but i really want one <clears throat> because otherwise i because I, I don't want to have to yep that's how I always go aisle. feel anxious about having to like climb over someone
2: i'm also an aisle guy yeah yeah
0: it's just better mm-hmm. but occasionally i will have a window seat and i'm like oh except then you can do the lean and you have a little more sp-. but anyway
2: that ends up being my problem because i'm wide and usually i i'm in a good sleep and my shoulder can't yeah. fit on the the seat so it's sticking off and the uh stewardesses come yeah. through at 100 miles an hour with mm-hmm. the thing and i just get, ooh, just get knocked a couple yeah. times yeah and it feels like it's personal yes yeah i get up very angry <laughs> right <laughs> it's very hard for me to get to sleep on planes and then when i get there i want to stay there obviously and yeah I just get whacked with a cart
0: and you must travel all the time now
2: every there was a point where we were on the road for a, I think i was home for a day or two at different times within the week. So it was, where was it? We were somewhere, another city back home to LA for a day and a half. Then I shot the movie with Danielle and then went straight to the airport to fly to Toronto, got right off the plane and went straight to the arena to do the match. And then I had to fly back home Jersey the following morning for uh, a wedding and then fly back to LA on Saturday for, I, I i think i had to do media or something and then sunday to denver for michael's christ uh, birthday gift and then monday to cincinnati cincinnati show cincinnati to new jersey jersey to jacksonville jacksonville oh my god
0: (laughs) wait the gift was you going there or you were going there for a gift
2: for uh, yeah it was a a uh, rufus uh the soul concert at red rocks oh cool in denver that's uh, one of his favorite bands so we know it's a really cool do you know red rocks i know venue? i've never been but i know of it yeah it's a really cool venue yeah. to watch a to watch a concert at so that nice. was his, his birthday gift
0: nice um well i'm glad to know no one here brian camera guy <laughs> filling in for pete who's we can go public with the fact that there's there's some COVID exposure on no not in this room
2: (laughs) i was about to jump through the window
0: (laughs) (laughs) not in this room preventing a normal video person from being here so we have brian uh who is the person i'm talking to off camera no one needs this much detail (laughs) can you go 12 hours without peeing yeah if i'm in a foreign environment my body really shuts everything down huh insane what's going on and then we got home and elliot had fallen asleep in the car and would not let us take him to the bathroom so he went 24 hours basically without peeing
1: you need to learn from him
2: i
0: know yeah. it's crazy okay <laughs> do you have uh a hey go fuck yourself yes okay let's hear it
2: it i debated on this one because I'm a very nice guy and I don't dislike a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad when I outwardly project my uh, disdain for people. But then I never realized that I ever – it's not good to keep things bottled. And no. so this – fucker. <laughs> 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 um, I forgot what uh, – what, um, I think his name was Jeff. But I don't remember what company it was. Um, not that I would put his name out there. But it was an independent company that I was trying to get booked at. I think I was like two or three years in and at that point I didn't really have a character but I was a decent pro wrestler I I was a really good pro wrestler but I didn't have like a character type thing I just needed people to take the chance on me at different parts of the country so I I sent them this nice professional email like hey I've got this this and experience I've done these seminars I've uh done extra work with WWE for a, uh, a couple times however many times it was just to show that you know I've they were they, they liked me enough to use me for specific things because mm-hmm. most wrestlers um they come in as extra that's how they get seen. You come in as an extra, they invite you to come in, you have like a little match, um, and then they get you get evaluated, whether you're in WWE or AEW. Same thing. And um put that on the resume, sent it over to him, and he was like, Oh yeah, just keep keep in touch. So I kept in touch. I would message him maybe like every it was like quarterly, just, as to not be annoying. Yeah, but just just to pop my my uh, my name back up in his presence. And he just kept blowing me off. And I tried one last time. And then he sent this email with like, uh, there's nothing available right now. And if you've had that many opportunities with WWE and it didn't work for you, that should indicate that something is wrong with you. Like something like that. I was oh just my like, God. oh, okay. And those are little things that that doesn't happen often. But those are little things that I always keep in my memory banks. Uh so now that we are the best tag team in the world, AEW Tag Team Champions, the most popular tag team in AEW and professional wrestling, the forever champs, the people's choice, the people's voice, the best tag team alive, the Sultan of Scissor, the five to a player. Now that we're all these things, Jeff, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: go fuck yourself. Oh my God, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
2: That's a <laughs> nice callback.
0: Is he still there?
2: Um, I don't know what I have. I don't oh. know if he's even in the business anymore, but I know he used to run a company up in Oregon and then a company somewhere, maybe in Vegas or something. But a lot of these – there's a lot of really good indie promoters that are supportive of you and they're good dudes and there's some other like really shady, nasty people that yeah. only give – They kind of like – maybe it's clout chase or something. They won't give people the opportunity that they probably – not that they deserve, but like they won't give people opportunities like they should. Right. They kind of have their snobby looks or snobby thoughts on how pro wrestling is and maybe you you may not fit that. And I guess that's subjective to each person, but the way you go about it um, needs to be more professional and some are way more professional than others. Right.
0: King Bobo. It was King Bobo, right? (laughs)
2: Uncle Bobo. (laughs) Uncle Bobo. (laughs) But interestingly enough, my grandmother used to call me King. Okay. That was nice. That made me smile.
0: Uncle Bobo. <laughs> it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, this has been delightful. Tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, plug anything you'd like to plug.
2: Okay, everyone. Thank you for watching. Hopefully you enjoyed. Thank you for having me. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bowens underscore official. If you'd like to see my uh, photos and daily thoughts. Um, If you would like to watch those parodies I discussed w- earlier with my boyfriend, head to YouTube and like and subscribe to Michael and Anthony. And then you can see me every single week on TV, uh, Wednesday, TBS, 8 p.m. And then Friday nights on TNT at 10 p.m.
0: Awesome. And if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Apple.com. Nope, that's not right. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apple.co slash Alison Rosen. Uh, And while you're there, please leave us a nice comment. Click five stars. It helps out the show so much. I, I will it?
2: beat you up if you don't leave a nice comment. Yeah,
0: moment. you don't want to be beat up by this guy. That would not feel good. Um, You know what? And you can also leave us a review. If you're listening somewhere else, not on Apple, because now you can listen a million places, and we're, we are on all those places, I think you can pretty much rate and review wherever you're listening. So please do that. It helps the show immensely. Tell a friend. Follow me on social media, at Alison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram, And all the other ones, because now there's 400 social media networks and I'm on all of them. Uh, so follow me on all of them, won't you please? Listen to my other shows, Childish, which is my, I almost said Childish Pod, which is, (laughs) I'm really, it's going great. uh, It's going so smoothly. I know it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the constant. Mm -hmm. Um, Childish, my parenting ish podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons.
2: We're going to have to work on this outro. You
0: know, what's I'm getting, I'm like doing it to the camera and it is throwing me off. Um, so I'm just going to do it to the inside of my eye, my eyeballs, uh, my eyelids. Childish, my parenting ish podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons. And Upworthy Weekly, my lighthearted news podcast, it comes out every Saturday morning. It's very fun; you'll enjoy it. And I already mentioned Patreon. Also, I'm on Cameo. I don't think I forgot anything. Oh, duh! YouTube.com/slash Alison Rosen. Please make sure you're subscribed. Tony, what about you?
1: Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And bizarre albums, my podcast every Tuesday. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'll kiss the guest ass and say watch AEW and thank you the acclaimed rule it's so it's so yeah. much fun it's like i was talking to, to my, my girlfriend also a wrestling fan and she flow zone yes the flow zone <laughs> and it's just like i just we just love how fun you guys are and you can tell that's what the fans love also so thank you for being awesome thank you yeah thank you listeners
0: thank you for listening i love you you matter goodbye
2: hey do you know about the Allison Rosen show? go.